Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 29 of The Adventures of Captain Hatteras, Part 1. The English at the North Pole. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pam Castile The Adventures of Captain Hatteras, Part One, The English at the North Pole, by Jules Verne Chapter 29 Across the Ice The little troop descended towards the southeast. Simpson drove the sledge. Dick helped him with zeal, and did not seem astonished at the new occupation of his companions. Hatteras and the doctor walked behind, whilst Bell went on in front, sounding the ice with his iron-tipped stick. The rising of the thermometer indicated approaching snow. It soon fell in thick flakes, and made the journey difficult for the travellers. It made them deviate from the straight line, and obliged them to walk slower, but on an average they made three miles an hour. The surface of the ice was unequal, and the sledge was often in danger of being overturned, but by great care it was kept upright. Hatteras and his companions were clothed in skins more useful than elegant. Their heads and faces were covered with hoods, their mouths, eyes, and noses alone coming into contact with the air. If they had not been exposed, the breath would have frozen their coverings, and they would have been obliged to take them off with the help of an axe, an awkward way of undressing. The interminable plain kept on with fatiguing monotony. Icebergs of uniform aspect and hummocks, whose irregularity ended by seeming always the same. Blocks cast in the same mould and icebergs, between which tortuous valleys wound. The travellers spoke little and marched on, compass in hand. It is painful to open one's mouth in such an atmosphere. Sharp icicles form immediately between one's lips, and the breath is not warm enough to melt them. Bell's steps were marked in the soft ground, and they followed them attentively, certain of being able to go where he had been before. Numerous traces of bears and foxes crossed their path, but not an animal was seen that day. It would have been dangerous and useless to hunt them, as the sledge was sufficiently freighted. Generally, in this sort of excursion, travelers leave provision stores along their route. They place them in hiding places of snow, out of reach of animals, unload during the journey, and take up the provisions on their return. But Hatteras could not venture to do this on movable ice fields, and the uncertainty of the route made the return the same way exceedingly problematic. At noon Hatteras caused his little troop to halt under shelter of an ice wall. Their breakfast consisted of pemmican and boiling tea. The latter beverage comforted the cold wayfarers. They set out again after an hour's rest. The first day they walked about twenty miles, and in the evening both men and dogs were exhausted. 
However, notwithstanding their fatigue, they were obliged to construct a snow-house in which to pass the night. It took about an hour and a half to build. Bell showed himself very skillful. The ice-blocks were cut out and placed above one another in the form of a dome. A large block at the top made the vault. Snow served for mortar and filled up the chinks. It soon hardened and made a single block of the entire structure. It was reached by a narrow opening, through which the doctor squeezed himself painfully, and the others followed him. The supper was rapidly prepared with spirits of wine. The interior temperature of the snow-house was bearable, as the wind which raged outside could not penetrate. When their repast, which was always the same, was over, they began to think of sleep. A mackintosh was spread over the floor and kept them from the damp. Their stockings and shoes were dried by the portable grate, and then three of the travellers wrapped themselves up in their blankets, leaving the fourth to keep watch. He watched over the common safety, and prevented the opening getting blocked up, for if it did they would be buried alive. Dick shared the snow-house, the other dogs remained outside, and after their supper they squatted down in the snow, which made them a blanket. The men were tired out with their day's walk and soon slept. The doctor took his turn on guard at three o'clock in the morning. There was a tempest during the night, the gust of which thickened the walls of the snow-house. The next day, at six o'clock, they set out again on their monotonous march. The temperature lowered several degrees and hardened the ground, so that walking was easier. They often met with mounds or cans, something like the Esquimo hiding-places. The doctor had one demolished and found nothing but a block of ice. "'What did you expect, Clawbonnie? said Hatteras. "'Are we not the first men who have set foot here?' "'It's very likely we are, but who knows?' answered the doctor. "'I do not want to lose my time in useless search,' continued the captain. "'I want to be quick back to my ship, even if we don't find the fuel.' "'I believe we are certain of doing that,' said the doctor." "'I often wish I had not left the forward,' said Hatteras. "'Captain's place is on board.' "'Johnson is there.' "'Yes, but—well, we must make haste, that's all.' The procession marched along rapidly. Simpson excited the dogs by calling to them. In consequence of a phosphorescent phenomenon, they seemed to be running on a ground in flames, and the sledges seemed to raise a dust of sparks.' The doctor went on in front to examine the state of the snow, but all at once he disappeared. Bell, who was nearest to him, ran up. "'Well, Mr. Clawbonnie,' he called out in anxiety, "'where are you?' "'Doctor,' called the captain. "'Here, in a hole,' answered a reassuring voice. "'Throw me a cord, and I shall soon be on the surface of the globe again.' They threw a cord to the doctor, who was at the bottom of a hole about ten feet deep. He fastened it round his waist, and his companions hauled him up with difficulty. "'Are you hurt?' asked Hatteras. "'Not a bit,' answered the doctor, shaking his kind face, all covered with snow. "'But how did you tumble down there?' "'Oh, it was the refraction's fault,' he answered, laughing. "'I thought I was stepping across about a foot's distance, and I fell into a hole ten feet deep. I never shall get used to it. It will teach us to sound every step before we advance. Ears hear and eyes see all topsy-turvy in this enchanted spot. 
"'Can you go on?' asked the captain. "'Oh, yes, the little fall has done me more good than harm.' In the evening the travellers had marched twenty-five miles. They were worn out, but it did not prevent the doctor climbing up an iceberg while the snow-house was being built. The full moon shone with extraordinary brilliancy in the clearest sky. The stars were singularly bright. From the top of the iceberg the view stretched over an immense plain, bristling with icebergs. They were of all sizes and shapes, and made the field look like a vast cemetery in which twenty generations slept the sleep of death. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.